morning. C.S. Lewis once said, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Can you relate to C.S. Lewis this morning? As you have lived life and have experienced many things, and the more you experience in this life, the less attached you become to it. We are not yet home, brothers and sisters. We are pilgrims. We are foreigners. We are aliens. We are sojourners in this life. America is not our home, nor is it our country. As Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3.20. And as disciples or as followers of Christ, we live differently. We have given up all rights to live for King Jesus. We are now slaves to Christ. We listen to what God's word says and obey it. We live different because we are different than the rest of the world. We aren't going with whatever the cultural trends are today. Our focus is heavenward. We are waiting the day when God will call us home, where we will be face to face with our Lord and Savior for all eternity. That is where we are headed. But until then, we wait with earnest anticipation of that day. And today, Paul gives us some marching orders as fellow pilgrims in a foreign land. We will be looking at two very familiar passages in Philippians this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. That's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And as you're turning there, let me lead us in prayer. Oh God, we thank you that all we have is Christ. Help us to be a people who truly live that out in our lives. Help us to be so focused on you. We praise you. We glorify you today. May everything that we do be for your glory and honor. Whether it's in our marriages, whether it's at our workplace, whether it's in the church as a corporate body worshiping you today. Father, we ask that you convict our hearts by your spirit. Change us, mold us in the likeness of your son. In Christ's name, amen. Paul says this in 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, who transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the question I want to ask is, how do you stop anxiety? How do you change how you feel? How do you change your emotions? For example, if you are sad today, I want you to be happy. Change that sadness into happiness. Change those tears of sadness into tears of Happiness. Can we do that this morning? The problem is we can't change how we feel. We can't turn our emotions off and on like a water faucet. We can't go from sad to happy in an instant. 
But the problem is, verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. And the Greek word here for anxious can also be translated as worry. Worry has to do with how we think. Where anxiety is connected to how we feel, which is a fruit of worry. So we would suggest a better rendering of this passage would be in verse 6. Do not worry about anything. Instead of do not be anxious about anything. We are often so full of anxiety because of what we have been worrying about. Our thinking affects our emotions. So let me see a show of hands of how many worry warts we have in the congregation today. Who struggles with worry? Okay, I'm raising my hand too because I struggle with worry also. That is great. Okay, now I want to ask another question. Who in the congregation struggles with lying? Let's see a show of hands for how many struggle with lying. How many liars do we have in the audience this morning? Okay, we have some honest people, right? It is interesting to me because many people admitted that they struggle with worry and they're actually worry warts, but not many said they were liars. And it's very interesting because when we look at God's word, we find out that worry is a sin just like lying. Yet, in our church, it's acceptable to worry, but it's not acceptable to be a liar. We don't accept lying, but worry is an acceptable sin in our churches all across the country. So reality number one, reality number one. Citizens of heaven know worry is a sin. Citizens of heaven know worry is a sin. And you may be wondering, what is wrong with worry? Why is worry a sin? Well, it's not trusting God with our future. Let me say that again. It's not trusting God with our future. Instead of faith, we begin to worry and fret about Something that hasn't even yet occurred. Worry, just like all sin, is rebellion against God. Worry, just like all sin, is rebellion against God. We should take every one of our sins very seriously because one of the most smallest sins in our minds caused our Lord and Savior to die on the cross for our sins and take on the wrath of God for us. But listen to what Jesus says about worry. Turn with me to Matthew 6, 25 through 34. That's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. This is the famous Sermon on the Mount, and we're jumping in the middle of it and listening to Jesus preach on worry. And Jesus says this, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I wonder if this is what we're often worried about. Are we worried about our next meal? Do we look outside and hope that it'll rain today so the crops will continue to grow? Or do we run to our closets and wonder, oh man, I hope I have something to wear today. Jesus is talking to people who are just trying to survive in the first century. They are worried about the basics of life, like eating And drinking. And Jesus tells them, even in the midst of them possibly struggling to to meet their basic needs, don't worry. Why? Because God will take care of you. Is that our situation today? Are we afraid that we're going to starve or die of thirst? I assume that isn't us today. God has blessed us by taking care of our basic necessities of life. Amen? So we look for other things to worry about. It is as if we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves if we didn't have something to worry about. And worry can be defined as focusing on future events and assuming disastrous Or worst case scenarios. It is meditating on worst possible outcomes over and over again. For example, worry assumes that if I fly in an airplane, I'm going to crash. Worry assumes that if I'm going to go swimming in the ocean, I'm either going to drown or be attacked by a... Yes, worry assumes that if I buy a house, I'm probably going to lose my job and not be able to pay for it. Worry assumes the worst of future events. We worry about things in the future that we have no control over. Reality number two. Reality number two. Citizens of heaven focus on today's problems. Citizens of heaven focus on today's problems. Let's look back at verse 34. In Matthew 6. So Matthew 6, 34. And Jesus says this. Do, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus says that worry stops us from working on the problems that we face today. I am so wrapped up in the future problems, I am not working on today's issues. And the worry warts struggle with what I call the what-if syndrome. Have you ever heard of the what-if syndrome? Let me give some examples. I want to buy a car, but what if I buy a lemon? 
Or I need to preach next week, but what if I get sick and lose my voice? Or we are going to go fishing, but what if we get caught in a storm? Or we are going to fly to Hawaii, but what if our luggage gets lost? Or I'm going to start exercising, but what if I lose too much weight? That's really what, I, that's, that's what I'm worried about. And before you know it, we have wasted hours assuming the worst case scenarios that has distracted us from today's problems that we face. Worry obsesses about future problems and issues without filtering them through God's loving and sovereign will. We lose our focus on God and begin to panic and work in our own strength. Jesus says God has put us in specific situations and issues to work through today. We need to work through the issues biblically today for God's glory. We do need to deal with today's issues by asking a few questions. Number one, what is the problem I face today? What is the problem I face today? Because sometimes we aren't sure about the problem that we face, and it's important for us to define what it actually is. Number two, what does God want me to do about this problem? That means use God's word to tackle the issues that you are facing. Number three, how should we begin to look at the problem, or what is the first step to dealing with the problem that I face God's way. God does want us to plan, and he wants us to think through issues critically. But let's get back into Philippians 4.6. Philippians 4.6, we're back in our main text. I'll give you a minute here. And it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Reality number three. Citizens of heaven praise instead of worries. Let me say that again. Citizens of heaven praise instead of worries. Paul gives us two absolutes. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray. Jay Adams says, we empty our concerns to God. Martin Luther, the great reformer, once said, pray and let God worry. Martin Luther was obviously being facetious there, but his point is well taken, that we need to be praying and sharing all our concerns and struggles with God. He wants to hear them. Are we turning to God with our struggles and cares this morning? Sometimes I really don't think we understand the grasp and importance of prayer. Do we really grasp how serious and important we should be about praying? And to help us out this morning, I decided to pull out a few Leonard Ravenhill quotes on prayer. If you know Leonard Ravenhill, he is tough. And he has some great quotes to shake us up this morning about prayer. And this is what he says. At the judgment seat, the most embarrassing thing for the believer will face will be the smallness of his praying. 
Or, he said at another time, ministers who do not spend two hours a day in prayer are not worth a dime a dozen, degrees or no degrees. Casey, I, might, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, let's see, sorry. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill also says, No man, I don't care how colossal his intellect, no man is greater than his prayer life. And then finally, Leonard Ravenhill says this, Prayer is not a preparation for the battle. It is the battle. It is the battle. These are, I know, some, t- some tough quotes to preach. And by the way, I struggle too. I'm not, I was just kidding about Casey. I am worse than he is probably. So... Um, But a lack of prayer in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, and in our families, and in our churches is quite appalling to God. It really is. We must take God's word serious. And if we're taking God's word serious, guess who we're really taking serious? God. Paul tells us here to pray for everything. Scripture also tells us, right? Paul says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Our prayer life reveals our dependence on God. We often aren't praying because we are depending on ourselves instead of God. We worry, we fret, we struggle, and finally we turn to God in prayer. Or say it differently, we try to figure out everything in our own strength, and when all else fails, in desperation, we turn to God in prayer. And I'll try to relax here. But by the way, by the way, we had an amazing Wednesday night family worship time. Amen. Was that awesome or what? We praise God together. We heard the word of God preach. Trevor, you did a phenomenal job, by the way. We spent time with one another and we prayed corporately as a body, right? We heard from the children of the congregation prayer their, pray their hearts out. We heard from the teenagers. We heard from the adults. And we were all together wrestling in prayer corporately. That's what we're supposed to be about, church. Prayer shows our dependence on God, while, while, show, while worry shows our dependence on self. Worry is a, is a sin, a serious sin. Reality number four. Reality number four. Citizens of heaven pray depending on God. Reality number four. Citizens of heaven pray depending on God. Are you praying today? Does your family pray together? Do we spend time with God wrestling in prayer? Do we get up early and set some time aside to spend time with our Lord and Savior? How often are we full of worry? Let me ask you a question. Are you a worry wart or a prayer warrior? Because both are on opposite ends of the spectrum. But let's get back to the text. We're now back to Philippians 4, 6. And we will get past this verse soon. But we're still in Philippians 4, 6. And it says this again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul adds the fact that we should be filled with thanksgiving even when we are presenting 
our problems to God. How thankful are we when we are full of worry? We can't be consumed with worry and simultaneously be thankful. The blessings that God has showered upon us are overshadowed by the giant problems looming over our heads. Worry focuses inward while thanksgiving focuses outward. Reality number five. Reality number five. Citizens of heaven are full of thanksgiving. Citizens of heaven are full of thanksgiving. But before we go any further, let me ask you a question. Do you think we should be full of thanksgiving for the trials and troubles that we face? Let me ask you that again. Do you think we should be full of thanksgiving for the trials and the troubles that we face? Turn with me to James 1, 2 through 4. That's James 1, 2 through 4 to get our answer. James says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God's word gives us a resounding yes. We even thank God for the trials and sufferings we face today. We recognize that whatever we face has been filtered and allowed into our lives to help us grow in faith. These verses reveal that God is shaping and transforming us into the likeness of His Son. And often trials are the conduit to that change. For example... I may struggle with love. So God, in his sovereignty and grace, brings someone into my life who is hard to love. So then I can learn to love even better. And I will have to admit, this past year has been a trial, I think, for all of us at the family church. I can tell you specifically that Casey and myself had felt God stretching and pulling us out of our comfort zones time and time again. To the point we're almost overwhelmed yet. Looking back, we can see that God's hand has been shaping us, molding us, and bringing us into the maturity of faith in those trying times. Can you look back in your own life to difficult times and see how God was using them to mold you into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ? Brothers and sisters, the trouble that we face God is using to transform us into the likeness of Christ Jesus. God will use our spouse, our children, our friends, our workplace. God uses whatever He deems fit to change us for His glory. God is sovereign over all areas of life. We don't have to fret or worry as if God has left us. No, we must pray with a thankful heart with the troubles that we face today. How well are you handling the trials and troubles in your life right now? Do we recognize God will use them for our good? 
Romans 9, right? He uses all things. Are we looking at our troubles as opportunities to grow and mature in faith this morning? All right, we're going to get to now verse 7 in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 7. And we're going to scratch the surface on this passage quite quickly here. As we recognize that we need to stop worrying and we work on today's issues and we're full of prayer and we're full of thanksgiving, even in the midst of the struggles, Paul says this, and the peace of God who transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says when we turn to God in dependence, which is revealed in our prayer life, we repent of sins like worry and God gives us Peace, reality number six, citizens of heaven receive peace. Citizens of heaven receive peace. So you may ask, how do we grow in peace? Well, it's quite easy. We trust in God. We trust in God. When we worry, we lack prayer and thanksgiving. It reveals we aren't walking with God. Instead of giving us, instead of getting peace from God, we are full of strife, worry, fear, which leads to anxiety and often goes, grows into depression. But we find out that one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. God gives us peace supernaturally by His Holy Spirit. Are we growing in God's perfect peace this morning? I wonder what our lives would look like today if we had more peace. How would we handle the tough situations if we trusted God instead of worried and fretted about things? In conclusion, in conclusion, Christians are different. We live by a different set of rules. God's word is our guide as Christ Jesus is our king. This means our ways of living look very different than the people around us. Worry is a normal way of thinking and behaving in our society. But as children of God, we pray about all things. Are you a worry wart this morning? Or are you a prayer warrior? We are called to trust God instead of worry. How is your prayer life today? Would others describe you as a thankful person? Do you have the peace of God this morning? May we as a family church be full of prayer. May we be empowered by the Holy Spirit and know the word of God and be thankful and be full of grace to those outside our church and show the love of God in the way of repenting of things like worry. I will pray to close the sermon, and then Al Cahoon will come up and lead us in communion. It is communion. It is the Lord's Supper today, so we're going to have that. So let's go to our Lord in prayer, and then Al will lead us in communion. Holy Father, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you that you are so gracious to us. Often we are so weak and pathetic and sick with the sin that we struggle with, Father. We often ignore sins like worry and act like it's just a way of life. Well, would it be okay to have lying as a way of life? Of course not, Father. So help us to take our sins serious and be prayerful 
in a way that we are thankful for even the struggles that we struggle with today. May we be a people empowered by your spirit to love and to grow in good works. We love you and praise you. And it's through Christ's name. Amen.
In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. such a sacrifice on our behalf showing how much you truly do love us and Christ how serious you were about glorifying the Father help us Father to continue to live with that type of passion and zeal for you as your spirit empowers us to walk in your holiness to recognize the sin in our life and that we continue to walk and repent from those sins, Father, because we love you so much. We ask, Father, that you help us to be a people who walk out of here, change and transform more in the likeness of your Son, so we can love those who don't yet know you. We ask that you be with us now as we go our separate ways, and it's through Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed.